I tell you, that's been a blessing to be here tonight, to, man, to hear all the testimonies and reports and to hear these young folks sing. I have been blessed. Praise the Lord. I need you to turn in your Bibles for a few minutes. And if you keep records on Brother Rogers' messages, this will be a record tonight. It will be the shortest you've ever heard. All right. You said, oh, Brother Rogers, we've heard that statement before. All right. But I will keep my word tonight. I had prepared my heart for the Lord's Supper and the message for that. And while I was at the pastor's school, and I was greatly encouraged by the young pastors that I saw and heard, and it was such a blessing and refreshing. And uh, But there was an older guy there. Man, he, he is one of the teachers, and he is from Wisconsin, Green Bay area. A little salty, man, but what a blessing. A fresh drink of water. And he understood the ways of God. And I just listened to him teach and preach, and he just threw something out there, and it gave me a thought and a nugget uh, from him. And uh, I want to uh, develop that and just speak to you for just a moment on John 13. If I had to put a title to it, I would put the title, Jesus Knows What's Best. And I want you to look in John 13 with me. And this is not anything new to you, but I believe the Holy Spirit would have me to remind you of these truths. John 13, verse number one, we have the setting here. It says this is the, the feast of the Passover. He's about to meet with them uh, for the last time. And you'll notice in John 13, verse 1, it says, Now before the feast of the Passover, it says when Jesus knew. If you mark in your Bible, you should highlight that word there. He knew. Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father. Having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And you'll notice in verse 3, it says, Jesus knowing. You ought to highlight that word, knowing. Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, that he was come from God and went to God. And you'll notice also in verse number 11, the Bible says, for he knew who should betray him. You see that word? He knew. He knew. And so, there's, there's another passage here that doesn't have the word know or knew, but it reflects this thought. You'll notice in chapter 13 and verse number 37, he said, Peter said unto him, Lord, why cannot I follow thee now? I will lay down my life for thy sake. Jesus answered him, Wilt thou lay down thy life for my sake? You think Jesus knows us better than we know ourselves? He said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, The cock shall not crow till thou hast denied me thrice. He knew Peter's heart and his desire, but he also knew his weakness. And what I want you to see in this passage here is where the Lord Jesus Christ knows what's best for you, and I promise you, He knows how to make you live and have a happy life. He knows what's best. Now, he's fixing to go to the cross. He's fixing to go through some cruel, cruel things. And yet he takes the time to do this. Look in verse number 4. 
of all the things that he could have done anything, but here's what he did. He riseth from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. And after he poured water into a basin, he began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter said unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter said unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him and said, If I wash thee, thee not, that thou hast no part with me. Well, once again, Peter understood that he had open mouth and inserted foot. So he said in verse 9, Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said unto him, He that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit, and you are clean, but not all. For he knew who should betray him. Therefore he said he, You're not all clean. So after he had washed their feet, he had taken his garments and was set down again. He said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you? You call me Master and Lord, and you say, Well, and so am I, so I am. If I then, that your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If you know these things, happy are ye if you do them. Now, there are three thoughts here right here. Number one, Jesus gives us his example in verse 15. For I have given you an example. I want to say to our young folks and those at home, young folks at home, he said, of all the people who may disappoint you, instead of looking for an excuse, how about looking for an example? And here we have the Lord Jesus Christ. Now think about this. Jesus is not responding to a need here. These men can wash their own feet. He's not responding to a request. They have not said, Jesus, would you take the time to wash our feet? Sometimes that's how we respond. We see a need. We try to jump on it and thank God that you do. You hear a request, you try to meet it if possible. That is not in this situation here. That's you responding to something that you hear. What you have here is, is he took the initiative to do something that would refresh them and encourage them and teach them a lesson of humility. Now you can study all you want to and teach on humility, but Jesus said until you actually do it, you're not going to be happy. I mean, you can actually read ten ways on how to be more humble, but until you do it and do something about it, you're not going to be happy. And you notice you have his example. You agree that he says right here, he says, I have given this to you as an example. Isn't, what, isn't that what Peter said, that we, that we are to walk in his footsteps for he is our example? But the second thing here is, is in verse 13 and 14 and 15 and 16, he tells them his expectations of them. He said, I'm giving you example, and here is what I expect out of you. 
He says, I am expecting you. He says, I've given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. These are my expectations. So this is what Jesus is expecting of me and of you. Did you know in 1 Timothy 5 when when it talks about helping and supporting widows who are widows indeed. Okay? Widows indeed were widows in true need. Okay? And so the pastor had to have discernment and the elders of the church had to have discernment of which widows they were to help. And so he gave them a certain age, and then he also gave them uh, certain things to look for that was in their lives. And he separates uh, some of those things of how that maybe they have relieved the afflicted. Or maybe they have shown hospitality to a stranger. There was where you saw a need, or you heard a need, and you met it. But then he puts right in the middle, he says, and they... Washed the saints' feet. And so there was something about that act of doing that in those days that represented the fact that you had some humility and some Christ-likeness and you were willing to take on the role of a servant. Now these guys, in, Luke, in, in, in the book of Luke, you find them right before this scene here. They're arguing about who's the greatest and who should be on the throne. But here, you don't hear them arguing about who's going to take the towel. And isn't that us? That's us. So, this thing that Jesus is doing is what I refer, what I, what I see in Romans 15. Not I, but Paul did in Romans 15. He said that when he came to the house of the Lord, he said he wanted to come. He said, would you pray for me that I would come and that I would have some joy and that with you I would be refreshed. Refreshed. And so you'll notice the third thing here is in verse 17. He gives them some encouragement and motivation. So you have his example. You have his expectations. And you have his encouragement that if you'll do this, if you'll just listen to me and believe that I know what's best, if you'll do this, he says, happy are ye. So if you're unhappy, Jesus said, "I, I got some things that maybe you should try. Now, listen, in that day, we got, we got to try to take what they were doing to those men, interpret that and apply that to our culture. Okay, because we, we are not men and women who walk dusty and dirty roads to get to church and our, and our, and, 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 and our legs and our ankles and our toes are filled with dirt and filth. And how, how, what a blessing it would be if somebody said, man, it looks like you've had a long day. Why don't you just sit right over there and let me take your sandals off and I got a fresh bowl of water right here and let me just wash your feet for you. Man, what a blessing that would be in that time. And it's not something that the man could not have done for himself. Okay? And, but it was something that somebody saw and said, you know what? I want to be a blessing and I want to humble myself, and do something for someone that really is kind of personal. Really, it's kind of personal. I mean, you know, we don't really sometimes like people to get too close to us. And sometimes we don't even like for people to, what can I say, um, serve us. We would rather serve 
than be served. And that's the right attitude to have, you know. But sometimes even pride kicks in there because Peter said, Lord, you're not washing my feet. And then he had to kind of check that. And, I, you know, I have had to say that to some of you guys. you got to get rid of that Peter syndrome. You know, here we are trying to be a blessing to you, and you just keep giving us the stiff arm and pushing us back. Because usually if you'll try to help a man or a woman something, they'll say, oh, no, I, I don't need that. Well, maybe you don't need it. But maybe it would refresh you if you would let us minister to you. Can you let people minister to you? Can you? Now, you think about that. Can you? But what you got to do is you got to find something and, and look for something, but you got to show the initiative. Okay? Now, we know that um, we can look for opportunities, and we can listen for opportunities, but we're, normally what we're used to doing is listening for a need or, or a burden or a prayer request or something slipped or broke or got torn. And we want to go and help. That's okay and that's good. According to Galatians, we are to look for those, especially for those opportunities when it's the household of God. But what if he just kind of walked around looking and said, what can I do for Brother Tucker that would really just kind of refresh him and encourage him? Not, not necessarily looking for a need or a burden, because the Bible says a man ought to bear his own burden, but also we ought to help a brother bear a burden. That's a whole different ballgame. These guys are not under a burden. It is something that you just come along and you, you sense and you see something that you can do to refresh somebody's spirit. And you know what that really says to an individual? It says, I really do care about you. And I really do love you. And want to be a part of your life. And so the Lord Jesus, and listen, by the way, he said, well, I'm just going to do it to the people that I like. Do you realize that he washed all those men's feet and Judas had not left yet? Right. <laughs> so this is about you being like the Lord, and I being like the Lord Jesus, that we'd be willing to humble ourselves. Now listen, we can be unhappy if we choose to be. And many people choose to be, by the way. <laughs> they choose to be, no matter what you try to do. I mean, they, uh, but, but you know, you can be hateful, you can be selfish, you can be miserable if you want to, but I really don't want to die that way. You can be a taker, or you can be a keeper, or you can be a giver. And giving of yourself, of you trying to be a blessing to an individual. That word refresh, I close with this, is to enliven someone to renew one's energy and their spirit, and to relieve them from fatigue possibly, or depression, or discouragement, and to help restore their strength. What a blessing it is when just out of the blue somebody does something specifically for you. And it's not a self-serving thing. They just wanted to do something to encourage you because they love you and they care about you. Now, here's what Jesus said, and Jesus knows best, and we'll pray. Verse 17, if you know this, and now you know. The rest of the story. If you know these things, he says, happy are you if you do them. 
So the next time that you're real unhappy and just plain miserable and depressed and discouraged, look for, look for someone that Lord may lay on your heart to just simply show some initiative. You say, well, I, there's not a whole lot I can do. What about those widows over there? What could they do? They were the widows that were in need indeed. But those widows said, you know what? I can wash somebody's feet. Might wash somebody's clothes. Might go to somebody's house and say, hey, look, I'd like to clean your house this week for you. Oh, man, that's too personal. Well, how about somebody rubbing a rag between your toes? How about personal is that? Huh? I mean, seriously, how personal is that? Well, I don't want nobody going and cleaning my, my shower, my bathroom. You, it's, it's amazing sometimes how that women, they'll hire a woman to come clean their house, and then they'll pick the house up and clean things up in every room before the woman gets there to clean the house. That amazes me. That's like a woman rinsing dishes off and putting them in the dishwasher before they wash them. I don't understand some of that stuff. But look for an opportunity, you know. It doesn't have to be a need. Just be something that God told you to do to refresh somebody. And hey, become addicted to them. And we come, you see you coming in and you're whistling and you're smiling. We say, man, what you been up to? Who gave you $100? No, man, nobody gave me $100. I gave somebody $100. I'm just saying, you know that old song that the world puts out there said, um, don't worry, be happy. I mean, it's just a dumb song. And somebody made thousands of dollars off of it. Don't worry. Be happy. Well, sometimes they ain't got some of the problems we got. Don't worry. Be happy. But I'll tell you one thing. Worrying doesn't solve a lot of things. Like a rocking chair. You can sit there and rock, but it don't take you anywhere. It gives you something to do. But the Lord wants you and I to be like Him. He said, hey, here's my example. Here's my expectations. And here's my encouragement to you. You'll be happy. Let's stand together and pray. Father, thank you for the saints of God. And thank you, Lord, for this dear dear assembly. Help us, to, Lord, to be like you. Help us to refresh one another. And to be a blessing. One with another. In Jesus' name. I pray for Brother Kevin Byer, Lord, that you'll bless him. As he ought to be making his way back from Australia. I pray, God, you'll bless the work there. And the meeting they have with Brother Griggers around missions. And I pray for Shiloh. God, you'll protect her and help her physically. And the Minnicks as well tonight. And all of our families, Lord, that are ill. In Jesus' name, amen.